It's time for the most interactive radio program in Las Vegas today. It's time for Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now, Pushing the Limits, here's Brian Shapiro. What's up, Las Vegas? Happy Friday. We made it through the week. It is PTL time, and I am so glad that you make us a part of your lunch break. Or I don't know, it is Vegas, so you could be getting off work now. It could be dinner, it could be breakfast. I don't know, but I'm just glad that you're tuning in and uh, so glad you're joining us today. we got a lot to get to. Coming up here in just a few minutes, this Phoenix Suns owner is in some hot water for racist comments, misogynistic comments, and the NBA is pissed off. When I say the NBA particularly players, that this guy only got a one-year suspension and a $10 million fine. I say only because he's worth like a billion dollars. Mike Babcock from TMZ Sports is going to be joining us here in just a couple minutes. We're going to be talking about that. Is Tom Brady breaking up with Giselle? I know it's very sad. We'll talk to him about that as well coming up here in just a few. Then coming up at the bottom of the hour, the saga continues with accused murderer Robert Tellis while we're learning that back in 2020, he had a domestic violence dispute with his still current wife. There's 911 audio we're going to play for you and also body camera footage we're going to play for you as well. It is unbelievable that this guy was allowed to stay in office as a public official. So we'll get to that coming up at the bottom of the hour as well. Hour number two, Dr. Stephen Fry is going to be joining us. Ron DeSantis playing with people's lives. That's why I call him Death Santis. Sending 50 people to Martha's Vineyard, they're people. Notice how I said people. Yes, they're undocumented, but they're human beings. They're people. It was a political ploy, and now the right is saying, oh, these elitists at Martha's Vineyard, they don't care about illegal immigrants. Well, guess what? That's not true, and I have the facts for you because they took care of these undocumented human beings, and I'll tell you what they did, and it, it is backfiring on Republicans today. So we'll get to all that. Let me start with the Las Vegas Aces. Obviously, uh, tough loss. They lose 105-76 yesterday. They had a chance to close it out and win the WNBA championship. And they were unable to do so. And I know all of my friends like Jesse Merrick and those that are covering the Aces have to suffer another couple days in Bumble You-Know-What, Connecticut. (laughs) But uh, listen, bottom line here is Becky Hammond said it right after the game. They were outworked uh, yesterday. That that was what was so tough to watch about this game. It's It's not that they weren't making shots. They were outworked. They lost the physical battles underneath the basket. They have to be a lot better underneath the basket. And when I look at the line, uh, scoring line, and even though I don't think they lost because of their offense, their defense was certainly the reason why they lost. I said Asia Wilson has to score 20 points for them to be successful and, and get double digits and rebounds. Uh, she was not the normal Asia Wilson. She scored 19 and had four rebounds. That's not MVP-ish. Jackie Young did shoot the ball well. Kelsey Blum was average. And Chelsea Gray had arguably her worst game of the year. Uh, it was just, uh, you know, she just was not very good. But they didn't lose because of their offense. They lost uh, because of their lack of defensive uh, effort. I think it was effort. I think Connecticut had more energy. I don't think that. I know that. The Connecticut Sun had more energy. They won the physical battles. They were letting 
their power forwards and centers get the basketball right where they wanted to, right in the paint. That can't happen. If you're a championship-caliber team, you can't get outworked and out-hustled, out-maneuvered, out-muscled like they did yesterday. And Becky Hammond knows that. The team knows that. They're angry. I expect them to come back in Game 4 with a much better performance. You don't want this to go five games. Now, there's a lot of reasons for that. I say right now, if, if it does go five, and I don't know if it will, but if it does go five, I'm still confident that the Aces will win. But you never know. You know, when it's a one-game winner-take-all, strange things can happen. You can have an injury. A team could go on a 10 or a 12-0 run, and you're playing uphill the rest of the game. You don't want to be put in a situation where it's a game five and anything could happen. The Aces are the better basketball team. I expect them to come back and, and play angry. That's what they need to do. Or as Greg Popovich would say, I want to see a little bit of nasty. That's what we need to see from the Aces in game four. You can't get pushed around. Make no mistake about it. The Aces were pushed around last night. And I'm a little surprised. I mean, when you look at the final score, it wasn't really... It it was closer than that. I mean, the Aces got it to within six. Even though the Connecticut Sun were in control for most of the game, except for maybe the first four or five minutes, it probably wouldn't have been a blowout if, if the starters remained in there. Maybe they would have lost by 10. But the Connecticut was just better. And I guess you could say you could expect that from a very resilient team, right? I mean, Connecticut backs against the wall, down 2-0. They're playing for pride. They don't want to lose this series and get bageled. So you expected Connecticut to come with the energy. The thing that was a little surprising to me was the lack of energy on the Aces. I don't know what they expected. Did they expect to just go in there and just, just take the trophy and go home? This is a very resilient Connecticut Sun team. They're very physical. And I'm saying it again, you don't want this to go five. You've got to get it done on Sunday. You've got to find a way to win a basketball game on Sunday. You don't want to go back to game five in a must-win situation because anything can happen. What was a little bit concerning to me is that they really took Chelsea Gray out of her game yesterday. They were trapping her pretty much every single time she got the ball. The Aces never looked comfortable. They had to work for every basket. You know, they they had some energy the first couple minutes of the game, and then boom, done. They were outplayed the next 37 minutes. That's what's a little concerning to me, because you don't want to give team a team confidence. You don't want to give them rhythm. Connecticut's a very good team. Do I think the Aces are better? Yes. Do I think they're still going to win the series? Absolutely. But stranger things have happened. But that's the great thing about putting yourself into position being up two games to zeros. You were still able to have a really bad game, and you still have a closeout game on Sunday. You've got to get it done on Sunday. You've got to win this basketball game on Sunday. You don't want it coming home for five. I mean, me selfishly as a basketball fan, I'd like to see a game five. I'd like to see it at home. In the, in the WNBA Finals, uh, game five, that'd be pretty exciting. That'd be a lot of fun. But trust me, that is not the thought of the Las Vegas Aces. They want to get this done. By the way, did Mark Davis, like, chop her out of there? There is no way that Mark Davis is spending four days in Connecticut, right? There's no way. Is there any chance that Mark Davis is spending three or four days at Mohegan Sun in Uncasville, Connecticut? <laughs> like, what would Mark Davis do there besides gamble? Like, like what? I'm trying to think about this. Like, what? 
What are they doing out there? I mean, listen, if you're the Aces, right, you're focused on the next game, right? You're practicing shoot-arounds. You're focused. You're spending time with your team. We'll have to wait and see what happens. But there's a big story. There's a couple of big stories in the sports world, several of them, not just the WNBA Finals, and that is this Phoenix story of this owner of the Phoenix Suns who is in a lot of trouble. Uh, TMZ's done a great job in covering that. We'll get to the Tom Brady stuff as well. But joining me right now, my man from TMZ Sports. It's always a pleasure having him on. Of course, I'm talking about my man Mike Babcock joining me right now from TMZ Sports. Mike, thanks so much for being here, my friend. How are you? What's up, Brian? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing good. I'm sure you're having a very busy Friday. There's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. The fun story and and, uh, and, and, uh, Tom Brady and Giselle, it's it's been busy. Yeah, it's been crazy. Let's talk about these stories because I know you're limited on time. Uh, Let's start with this Phoenix story. So LeBron James and Chris Paul come out yesterday, uh, and a lot of NBA players, current and former, are very upset. I know you guys caught up, I think, with Baron Davis, and and there's there's a lot of crazy stories uh, online uh, about this guy and what he has done, not just in this report, but his whole life. Seems to be a, a really bad guy. What do you make of this story, and, and what new news can you tell us about this? Yeah, you know what, Brian? It's When I first started at TMZ, one of the first big stories that we broke was the Donald Sterling story. And in many ways, I think it's very similar. And it's obviously, it's not just me saying that. I think you've had a lot of people who have pointed out similarities between the two cases in that you know, we had some, some very, very, let's you know, to be kind of questionable language, uh, um, you know, the way that these owners, not just uh, in an isolated incident, but over a period of years acted with employees of theirs. So I think it's very similar. And I, I think you have a lot of NBA players and, and the biggest NBA players. You have LeBron James, most famous player in the world, right? You have uh, Chris Paul, who is the biggest star, one of the biggest stars on Robert Sarver's own team, who have come out and, and made it very plainly clear that they are not happy with the punishment uh but 10 million dollars that was the most that the nba was going to be able to find him because that's what the rules say but that one year suspension donald sterling got a lifetime ban effectively forcing him to sell his team one year obviously that's that's not forcing robert sarver to sell the team he's going to go away for a year and he'll be back uh before 2024 is here so i think it's uh it's People from the top of the league right down through the bottom, uh, Brian, that that are not happy with the NBA. And the guy in Adam Silver, who I think by many accounts is the best commissioner in uh, in the four major uh, sports in America, they would say that this was not one of his finer moments and that uh, that this was a slap on the wrist. So, Mike, if has somebody asked uh, Don, uh, Adam Silver this question, why is it that Donald Sterling is banned for life? But Robert Sarver is not. What's the difference? Has anyone asked him that? They, they, they have. And uh, I, I don't think the answer, you know, left, left something to be desired. So Adam Silver essentially said, look, with uh, Donald Sterling, you had the TMZ audio and everybody saw and heard the evidence. Here, you know what our conclusion was, but you don't know the context in which some of these things occurred. So the, what what they're trying to get at is that, uh, sure, they say Robert Sarver on at least five occasions used the N-word, but they're they're saying they're claiming that it wasn't done in a, in a, like a prejudicial way or in a racist way. That it was him repeating something that he had heard somebody else say. But that doesn't doesn't matter to a lot of people. A lot of people say, "Hey, why are you say why are you using the N-word? You have no business saying that, you know, Robert Sarver." And I don't care how you were using it or what the context was. So. Right. That was what Adam Silver, yeah, that was the explanation. And I, I know, uh, yeah, again, not good enough for a lot of people. And 
Mike, you've covered uh, there's, stories. There's hope, Brian, that there is there's no audio or video or anything. Right. Like that. Of course. Mike, as you said, you've covered, sadly, stories like this before. So with your expertise, with all the pressure that is on the NBA now, and pretty much everybody seems to me that is a player in the NBA, it doesn't matter what the color of your skin is, seems like they're on the side of LeBron James and Chris Paul. I haven't heard one player say, oh, the NBA made the right decision. So with all that being said and the pressure that is on Adam Silver, do you think that they might change their mind? And do you think that Robert Sarver will be banned for life, or do you see nothing changing here? What do you think? How do you think this is going to play out? I guess that's my question. I, I could. I, I don't think the NBA is going to reverse course, barring some other blockbuster piece of evidence that comes down, because, you know, why would they? Then, it, then they're just reacting to public pressure, and I, I don't think that's something that they want to do. If there is some new evidence, if there is a tape, Brian, I, I certainly could see that changing things. Yeah. Uh, I, I, think, I think more likely is that the outside pressure – forces him to say i don't want to be a part of this team anymore and let me look he, he bought it at, at a at a uh, a much cheaper price than it's worth right now right same thing happened with donald sterling he bought it for a couple hundred million he sold it for two billion so robert sarver could make a lot of money here now you have his uh, his partner uh, you know a co-owner uh, mm-hmm. calling for him to step down uh, you have uh, paypal who is uh, a a sponsor they have a sponsorship deal with the phoenix suns they the president has come out today and said if you do not get rid of Robert Sarver, when our deal expires at the end of this season, we are not going to renew the deal. So perhaps one company is not enough, Brian, to, to affect change, but it is, is are the dominoes going to start falling now? And will other companies say, hey, I'm going to do that too? And if it's going to end up hurting the bottom line of, of Robert Sarver and other people who are associated with the team, then uh, yeah, m- money talks, and I-, I could I could see him stepping down himself. Then saying, "I don't yeah. want to be a part of this anymore." That could that could make sense. I guess this would be my last question for you on this topic, Mike. Can you imagine you're a black basketball player playing for the Phoenix Suns, like a Chris Paul? How do you even play for a guy like this? I mean, this is your organization that you play for, and I understand you're getting your paycheck and you're going to be professional, but how do you show up to work every day knowing that this is the guy that you work for and this is the guy that you're making money for ultimately? How 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 can these players even go through that every day? That's what I don't understand. I think that's a great question. It's something that I hadn't even really thought about, but yeah, what do you do if you're Chris Paul? What, how, how do you play for this guy and continue to put money in his pocket and uh, you know, I'm sure there's going to be some criticism because if, if the players do play for him, you're going to have people on the outside saying, hey, you, you, you know, stand up, take a stand here. You shouldn't be playing for this guy. So it's a precarious situation, and I don't know what the answer is, but yeah. it can't be a good feeling for, for, for them, uh, for yeah. any of the players, but, but, but certainly for the black players, if, if the owner of the team is thrown around the N-word, like it's nothing. I've asked the question on this show, what if uh, this guy, Sarver, made anti-Semitic comments? I wonder, it's just a question, would Adam Silver have handled it the same way? Uh, I think it's a fair question to ask, and we'll see uh, how this all plays out. Mike, before we let you go, we got to talk a little bit about Tom Brady and yeah. Giselle. Yeah, I, got some, I got a little time, Brian. So all right, ahead. I appreciate that. Uh, I laugh. Uh, obviously, there's nothing funny about uh, a couple that could be on the rocks and divorcing and, and so on and so forth, but what can you tell us about this? My understanding is that Giselle 
Giselle did not want Tom, and this is pretty much everybody's understanding, Giselle did not want Tom Brady to come back, right? He decided that he wanted to come back for at least one more year. Uh, I think we all would probably agree this is probably his last year. And now the story that you guys put out on TMZ, uh, we already knew that uh, 11 days he was out of training camp, and he said he had a lot of blank stuff happening in his personal life. I think he alluded to that. And now we're learning that they're living in separate quarters. What can you tell us about this? Yeah, so this was originally a CNN report, but other people have, have said that as well, that things were actually so bad that they're not even living together right now. Look, I, I, I do buy uh, most of these reports, Brian, because one, we know that Giselle for some time now, not just before this season, she has wanted Tom to retire starting from when he was around 40 years old to the last five years or so. She has made it very clear that, hey, look, you know, you've accomplished everything that you could possibly accomplish in the sport. And it's time for you to come and spend some time with your family. Your kids are getting older. You know, let, let's have our time now. You're, you know, you, you've done what you need to do in, in the football world. Um, but obviously, he's continued to play. And, and when he retires uh, this offseason, then 40 days later, he comes back. From what I've been told, that, that was just she wanted to like pull her hair out, mad in the entire and incredibly upset. So she actually gave she now neither of them have really spoken too much. Uh, Tom has been asked at press conferences by the media in Tampa Bay. They ask him one question, he gives sort of a non-answer, and they they can't really press him. Right? They they need access to the team, so it's he hasn't really been been uh, you know had the screws turned at practice, but he's been asked anyway. Giselle did an interview a few weeks ago with Elle, and she admitted there. She said, look, I've had the conversation with him over and over over the years. I want him to stop playing. But she did say, you know, he needs to follow his joy. And I, I think that the joy for Tom Brady, nothing makes him happier than playing football. I just I do wonder if, uh, you know, if, if Tom Brady's joy comes from playing football and Giselle's joy comes from him being with their family, you know, yeah. what gives what, what what ends up happening here and. Uh, yeah, you, you hope that they can save their marriage, but it, it does seem serious. And I'd say this too: they have, you know, they know a lot of people, Brian and media. And you know how this stuff works. If these stories weren't true, they would have gotten the word out to somebody they know in the media. Of course, they would have gotten, you know, who would have said, "Hey, guys, this no, no truth to this. This is all nonsense." Mike, what, what? You're right, but what rubs me the wrong way a little bit? Listen, I understand when you have a family, you want to spend Christmas together. I get it. You want to spend Thanksgiving together. This comes with the territory. And while Giselle has hundreds of millions of dollars, so does Tom Brady. He's making a lot of money to play the game that he loves. What frustrates me is that, yes, you don't get to spend Thanksgiving together right now or Christmas, but when Tom retires, you've got the rest of your life. You don't have everyone else. 99% of people in society don't have that luxury. So when uh, I I don't want to use the term whining and complaining, but I guess that's what's going on here. I'm sorry. That's a good point. Yeah. You maybe, I think you probably have a lot of working people out there, Brian, that are saying like, Hey, yeah, you're busy for half of the year, but the other half of the year, you're not working. You can do whatever you want, go wherever you want, buy whatever you want. And right. like, you know, so I think a lot of people are probably saying, hey, sign me up for that as they, you know, you got people who are working six, seven days a week, you know, 50, 60, 70 hours a week, never get to see their family or their kids. Uh, not making nearly the money that Tom Brady's making. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, I, I definitely think it probably comes off as whiny to a lot of people. Within the next year, Mike Babcock, do you think that they split up? Ooh. No. I'm, I'm going to say no. I think I'm with you on that. I think they probably would have by now if that was her intent. Uh, so yeah. I, I think I agree with you. Hey, before I let you go, Mike, I know you're a big boxing fan. I'll be attending uh, the biggest boxing fight of the year. I think that's fair to say. Hey. This this weekend in Vegas, baby. Canelo. 
Yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun, Mike. Canelo Alvarez, Triple G. A lot of people are saying this will be Triple G's last fight. What are your? Yeah. Th- I know you're a big boxing fan like I am. What do you think about this fight? Two Hall of Famers in the ring. Yeah, look, I think I think uh, Triple G was robbed in the first fight. Uh, I think uh, Canelo wins the second fight, right? Um, I, I look four years is a long time, and, and what's Canelo thirty two now? Yep. Triple G is forty years old. We know you, you're not getting better when you're forty years old. So I, I think a motivated Canelo coming off of the loss uh, to Bivol, I think I think Canelo probably gets it done. I, I go. Let's go. Let's go, Canelo by decision. I'm going Canelo knockout. You're going to, wow. Yeah. Hey. How exciting would that be? What what round you think later in the fight? Stoppage knockout. You know, one of my good friends uh, of the show, he comes on all the time. He's a good friend of mine. Showtime, Sean Porter, right? Legendary boxer. He now commentates for Fox Sports. I was having a conversation with him. He doesn't think it goes longer than six rounds. He thinks Canel, he thinks there's a stoppage before the sixth round because of Triple G's. Yeah, because of Triple G's lack of footwork, he said, and Canel's in tip-top shape and phenomenal shape. We know Triple G is not. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. But I, I'm saying yeah, knockout. Some, like some stamp on the end of that, right? Right? Like they they need something like that after like there's so much uncertainty about the rivalry, right? Right. I, I would like to see that. You know, whoever it is, I don't I don't care who wins, but. That, that would be fun. That would be like apropos for that to happen. Like. I think it'll be a good fight. No question about it. Well, Mike, I know you're a busy man. We'll let you go. I appreciate you coming on. As always, my friend, you got anything fun going on this week? And what's going on out there in your life in L.A.? I, 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 no, not really. I'm kind of I'm, I'm getting old. Right now. I'm going <laughs> to watch the fight, watch some football. That's it. R- relax. That's it. I got nothing fun planned. No, UNLV. No parties or anything. UNLV football game on Saturday. Uh, Canelo fights Saturday night, and I'm going to the Raiders game on Sunday. So it's like a sports weekend for me. Great sports weekend. Yeah. I'm jealous. I like it, man. I like it. Well, you got a pretty good life out there in LA, Mike. So I'm jealous. I envy you as well. And you got a great uh, head of hair, unlike me. So, uh, yes. Mike, always appreciate it when you come on, my friend. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. That's Mike Babcock, TMZ Sports. They do such an awesome job out there. I love these guys. Uh, Mike, uh, and TMZ, they've been doing uh, radio with me for, I want to say, 10 years, man. Wow, that's a long time. Listen, in regards, uh, to close this thing out, this segment, in regards to this Phoenix story, I asked this question to the NBA and Adam Silver because I think they really screwed up here. If you are a white owner of an NBA team and you are caught using the N-word in any way, shape, or form, and you are mistreating women, and you've made misogynistic comments, it needs to be a lifetime ban. Period. The fact that this guy will be allowed in an NBA arena and around the Phoenix Suns team as owner a year from now is ridiculous. I don't always agree with LeBron James or Chris Paul. In fact, a lot of the time I disagree with LeBron James. But he is 150% right. So is Chris Paul and any of the other players that are pissed off about this because they have a right to be. Make no mistake about it, black basketball players are the reason why the NBA right now in 2022, and for many years, by the way, is making a lot of money. And even if that wasn't the case, even if there were no black players in the league, there's no place for this. Using the N-word, and by the way, I haven't heard anybody say anything nice about this guy, Robert Sarver, who is a complete douchebag, racist piece of garbage. No, I'm not talking about Donald Trump. (laughs) This guy should not 
ever be allowed to be employed by the NBA or to be an owner or to be in an NBA arena during a game. Period. End of conversation. LeBron is right. Adam Silver made a big mistake here. And by the way, a $10 million fine to this guy is like a $10 fine for somebody making $50,000 a year. It's nothing for this guy. So he'll be able to still own the team and work from home. This guy needs to be banned from the league. And I'm going to tell you something. If I'm the Phoenix Suns, the entire team, I go on strike. I don't show up to training camp. I don't show up. Coaches and players. Now, you might say, well, Brian, that's breach of contract. They can't do that. Really? Well, what's the Phoenix Suns organization going to do? Get a bunch of G-leaguers to play? If I'm the Phoenix Suns, players and coaches, that is exactly what I do. Don't show up. Go on strike. I guarantee you if they do that, 100%, Robert Sarver will step down. Why? Because it ruins his product. It ruins what he owns. He will step down, and he will agree to immediately sell the team. If I'm Chris Paul and Devin Booker and Aiton and all these other guys on this team, do not show up to training camp. I applaud them if they do that. And by the way, it shouldn't be just if somebody uses the N-word, and I'm not saying these players are only doing it for that reason. The misogynistic comments that he had made, the treatment of employees, it doesn't matter what race you're going after, it doesn't matter what gender you're going after, what, what Gruden did was awful and wrong, you could make the argument, and I think I would as well, what, what uh, this guy, Robert Sarver, did was even worse. But what John Gruden did, did was horrible. I don't think Gruden deserves another shot. You make homophobic comments like he made and misogynistic comments about women in the league uh, on the sidelines. I don't think Gruden deserves another shot, and I'm going to be consistent. I certainly don't think Robert Sarver deserves another shot as an employee of the NBA. If John Gruden wants to go and coach a college team, let him do that. If somebody wants to hire him, if uh, some company wants Robert Sarver to to buy them out and and uh, own it, fine. I'm specifically talking about the NFL, and I'm talking about the NBA. Robert Sarver should not be allowed to own an NBA team. He should never be allowed to be in an NBA arena ever again or anywhere around NBA players, whether it be the NBA Summer League, whatever the case may be. Period. End of conversation. Phoenix Suns players, Chris Paul, if you go on Twitter right now and you really want to make a big difference besides a few statements that you made, you get get your team together, you get the coaches together, and you say, we are not showing up to training camp and we are not showing up to work until Robert Sarver is banned for life and sells the team. And I guarantee you 100%, if that happens... Robert Sarver will be forced himself to step down because if there's one thing Robert Sarver cares about more than anything, it's about money. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, an update on the Robert Tellis uh, murder case. Some new evidence has come forward, and we are learning some pretty crazy details about what took place two years ago in the Tellis home. We have the 911 audio to prove it, and we'll play it for you next. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Hey, everybody, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn, that true blue New York-style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super. Hero, that is. 
Because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Whether you're a corporate executive, on a family vacation, or just passing through, St. George Inn & Suites will meet your specific needs. It's conveniently located near restaurants, shopping, and movie theaters. St. George Inn & Suites offers a variety of room types, two fabulous pools and jacuzzis, a fitness center, a free full hot buffet breakfast, and laundry facilities. To make your booking, call 435-673-6661 or book online at stgeorgeinnhotel.com. You need to stop in Southern Utah? Make that stop at St. George Inn & Suites. STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and the latest lines on every game. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards on every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to StationCasinoSports.com or sign up at any Station Casino, Fiesta Wildfire, or the El Cortez. Details at the Sportsbooks. Look, it's impossible for the average person to find a great attorney out there. There's so much misinformation. Now, let me introduce you to former Chief Deputy District Attorney Thomas Moskal. He was Las Vegas's top DUI prosecutor for years. He prosecuted the most high-profile DUI cases in Clark County. No one knows more about DUI law in Nevada. Just Google it. If you get charged with DUI, whether it's a misdemeanor or even more importantly, a felony, you need Thomas Moskal representing you, his relationships with the prosecutors and judges, and his knowledge of DUI law to work for you. So give him a call now or text him at 702-848-5555. It's your life and liberty that's at stake. Don't wait. Call now. That number again, 702-848-5555. I want to tell you guys about one of my favorite doctors in the Valley, Dr. K. She's a board-certified internal medicine physician. She's been in practice for over 20 years, went to Yale. She believes in treating body and mind as a whole by achieving harmony and balance. She offers hormone replacement, Botox, skin rejuvenation, even snoring treatment, because we know how that can be annoying from time to time. Also, plasma treatments and so much more with cutting-edge technology. Please give her a call. 702-410-5779. You could also give her an email at cosmeticaesthetics.lv at gmail.com. Again, that number, 702-410-5779. Call Dr. K. Tell them I sent you, and I promise you won't be disappointed. Hey, everybody. It's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment, and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams and treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client, so please give them a call, 702-248-0554.
Hey, everybody, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Friday. So sad to hear that Giselle and Tom Brady's marriage are on the rocks. We wish we wish them the best. Boy, I'd love to uh, love to be the therapist, the marriage counselor in that one. Hey, uh, Giselle, when was the last time you guys scored a touchdown? <laughs> so horrible, so immature. Anyway, uh, coming up in hour number two, Dr. Stephen Fry is going to be joining us, and we are going to tackle this uh, undocumented worker situated workers or undocumented illegal immigrants that are being shipped around to Martha's Vineyard like they're puppets at the hands of Ron Death Santis and you know we've seen other governors like Governor Abbott. Uh, it really is despicable, and the lies from the right are just mesmerizing to me. So we'll talk about that coming up at the top of the hour. We'll be talking about that. But right now, I want to give you guys an update on, on the Robert Tellis. Uh, by the way, full disclosure, I spoke to Robert's, Robert Tellis, who's uh, alleged to have murdered Jeff um, Harriman. Clearly he did, and uh, he's going to be held accountable for that. I spoke to Robert's ex-wife on the phone today, and she's going to be joining us on the show next week. She has a child with Robert. So I want to get her side of the story and if she saw any warning signs and what was it like being married to this guy who apparently is a murderer. But now there's more information coming out about Robert's past. What I'm specifically talking about is a domestic violence dispute that took place in 2020 with his current wife, at least for now. His wife calls 911 and setting the scene, they're in their home with their kids and the wife is alleging that he put his hands on her put her in a, in a strong arm hold hit her arm and he's still in the home when she's calling 911 which is which is it's just a really wild and crazy situation keep in mind this was when he was already a public official that's what makes this even more crazy. So this is Robert Tellis's wife, May, I believe her name is, calling 911 back in 2020 in a domestic violence dispute. Have a listen to this. Saturday, February 29, 2020, 23, 13, and 59 Probably. seconds. 
911 emergency, Orozco 17887. Do you need police, fire, or medical? Yes, hi. Can you please send somebody here? My husband is going crazy. He's trying to make us, like, hurt him, hurt him or something. And my, okay, my kid is freaking what out. What is your address? It is 9624 Spanish Steps Lane. And that was 9624? Yes, Spanish Steps. Okay, and what's, what is he doing now? He just won't leave us alone. He had too much to drink tonight, and it's just, we're, he, me and my kids are scared. Okay. Has anybody been hit or pushed, ma'am? Well, he tried to hurt me, but that was, it's fine. He hasn't touched me since. No, okay. I didn't Nobody needs an ambulance? No, no ambulance. Just somebody to come okay. I'm gonna calm go ahead down or something. So as you can hear in the background there, you hear him mumbling his words. That's Robert in the background. His wife is calling 911. He's right there. Obviously, he's drunk. Who knows what he's on? And I believe her. She's saying that he tried to hurt her. And the call continues. I'm going to call him down or something. Somebody out there. Do you have the call set up? Okay. Now, what's your husband's name? Thank you so name? much. Rob. Rob? Is it Robert? Yes. Or is it? Yeah, Robert. Robert. Okay. What is his last name? K-S-T-E-L-L-E-S. And is he white, black, Hispanic, or Asian? He's Hispanic. Okay, how old is he? 43. What's his date of birth, ma'am? 76. All right, now he's calmed down now that he knows I'm talking to you. Okay, how tall is he approximately? 5'7". Five, five, Thin, medium, heavy build? Um, medium. And what color clothing does he have on today? He's just wearing a, a burgundy dress shirt and boxers. Okay, and uh, besides the drinking, has he been doing any drugs or does he have any weapons on him? No, just drink, just the drinking. Okay. And what is your first name? May, M-A-E. And your last name, May? Ismael, I-S-M-A-E-L. I'm sorry, spell that for me again? I-S-M-A-E-L. Thank you. And a good phone number? Uh, this number so you get the logist of it. This happened back in 2020, where the wife is claiming that he tried to hurt her, put his hands on her physically, assaulting her. And the worst part about it, even if that's not even bad enough, is that there were kids in the house when all this was going on. And you heard her say, he's scaring me, quote, and he's scaring our children. And you hear him right there in the background. So obviously any man who puts his hand on a woman is a complete POS, uh, a complete piece of garbage, right? Maybe not a murderer, but a, a human scumbag. I think we all could agree on that. Any man who puts his hand on a woman or a woman who puts his hand on a man, that happens too, to be fair. But that's not the case here. And then what's even more angersome to me is body camera footage when they're arresting him outside. And by the way, he did not cooperate, but wasn't charged with resisting arrest. That's another thing. Police claim that he refused to get up. He refused to get handcuffs put on him. He argued with the police. That's resisting arrest. Why they didn't charge him also with resisting arrest is beyond me. I'll get to the charges, and I'll get to what he was actually found guilty of. You're not going to believe it. But here is the dash, I shouldn't say dash cam, uh, body camera footage of one officer when they are arresting him and they're outside now about to put him in the squad car. And you hear Robert tell us, you hear him and you hear 
how drunk or high or coked out or whatever he was on at that time. We don't know. And listen to the things that he says to the officers in this short piece of video. Again, this is right when they were arresting him and putting him in the squad car outside of his home. I hit face the vehicle. Um, cameras. Our cameras, cameras are on. Cameras. Can anybody tell me who I hit? Who the hell did I hit? Who did I hit? Because I didn't hit anybody. Who did I hit? Who did I hit? Because I didn't hit anybody. This is like, this is like totally like, you guys just want to take me down because I'm a public official. No, we don't. Hit? Yeah. You guys want to take me down because I'm a public official. Well, let me tell you something, Robert. You took yourself down. How this guy was still allowed to be a public official is beyond me. When you see this video and you hear this 911 call, I don't care whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. Notice how I'm not making that an issue. Oh, Brian, it's because you're a Democrat. You're not, you're not bringing it up. It's irrelevant. I don't care whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. When this kind of thing comes out, you need to lose your power. You want to keep, keep your law offices, and, and if somebody wants to hire you for an attorney, that's on them. But this guy shouldn't have been a public official back then. And you know what? He committed the murder. I'm only blaming him. But maybe, just maybe, if you took his power away and he wasn't able to run again and he did what you should have done back in 2020 and he wasn't a public official, just maybe Jeff Garber's still alive or Harbor. Maybe he's still alive. Was he convicted of domestic violence? No. Was he convicted of resisting arrest? No. And why? The answer is why. The question is why. What's the answer? He was booked into jail that night for domestic battery and resisting arrest, but they dismissed the charges. He negotiated it. The dismissal of the domestic violence charge. He got a suspended jail sentence in lieu of taking a behavior modification class. Now let me ask you all a question. If this was you or me, not a public official, and you're working an everyday job, and you physically assault your wife, and she calls 911, and you resist arrest, would you be able to negotiate a dismissal of that domestic violence charge? I would beg to say no. And when he says, you're trying to take down a public official, I would also go further and say, he got preferential treatment because he was a public official. This needs to be investigated. And I want to know why Metro Police or whoever made the decision to dismiss this domestic violence charge. I'd also like to know why his wife decided to live in the same house as him, putting her kids in danger. Do I blame her for the murder? Absolutely not. But man or woman, if you have kids in a home and your spouse physically assaults you, you are doing a disservice to your children by staying with that individual. 
Sorry. I know some people don't want to hear that, but this is true. Why was he not convicted on a domestic violence charge? Why was it dismissed? Not enough evidence? That's hogwash. By the way, his next appearance in court will be Tuesday, September 20th, as he faces the murder charge in connection with Harriman's killing. You know, I listened to this 911 call, and you hear her voice. You hear this woman's voice, his wife. You hear how scared she is. And she worries about the safety of her children, and rightfully so. She should. How do you allow this man to live in the same house under the same roof as your children? How do you not forget about even the divorce? How do you not get those kids out of there? That, that's the part that I don't understand. To me, and I'm sorry, folks, I'm just going to say this. Again, I want to be very clear. His wife did not commit murder. Okay, His wife didn't commit any crimes. I am not trying to allude to that or make that statement. But I am going to say this. You allow that man... This is way before we knew that he was a murderer. I'm just saying in general terms, you allow that man who just assaulted you in front of your kids to continue to live with you and your kids, you are a bad mom. I'm just going to say that. You can disagree with me until the cows come home. We know that Robert is a murderer. We know that he's going to jail for the rest of his life. Nobody knew that this was going to happen. I'm sure his wife had no idea. I am not blaming her for that in one way, shape, or form. But the part that is confusing to me that I don't understand is when your husband or wife assaults you with your kids watching, don't you think that's a signal from God that's saying you probably should get your kids out of there? She stayed in the same house with him even to the hours before he was arrested for murder. I'm sorry, to me that is irresponsible. The number to call if you have any uh, questions, comments is 702-221-7283. And again, the number if you want to be a part of the conversation, that number to call, 702-221-7283. Again, 221-7283. Again, I feel horrible for his wife. I feel horrible for his kids. I feel more horrible for Jeff Herman's family because he's dead. Okay, I want to be very clear on that. He's the real victim here. There are other victims. I spoke to Robert's ex-wife on the phone today. She sounds like a very nice lady, and she seems very shocked, and she's nice enough to be coming on this show next week. I'm sure Robert's wife is a very nice lady. She seemed to have a lot of friends here in Las Vegas and did business here. She seems like a very nice lady. I'm just being honest with you. I don't know if that's a great mom. Why would you stay in the same house with this guy? That's the part that I don't understand. Why? And I think it's a very fair question to ask. Why was this domestic violence charge dismissed? Was there not enough evidence? I mean, I don't understand. All right, I guess to clear this up, since we have a few minutes here, why not talk to my go-to guy when it comes to legalities? And, uh, of course, I'm talking about the former DA here in Las Vegas, Thomas Moskal, who's joining me on the line right now. Thomas, am I wrong on what I'm saying here? What's your take on this? Well, a lot of domestic violence cases get dismissed and get pled down and negotiated. A lot of them. The overwhelming majority of them, actually. And a lot of that has to do with the victims not wanting to testify, and also, police officers not showing up to court on these misdemeanor cases. Mm-hmm. So I don't necessarily think his case was treated differently, 
But maybe it should have been treated differently in a way where the city prosecutor's office should have put some more effort into securing the witnesses. Because if you really want to secure a conviction on someone in a domestic violence case, a lot of times you have to seek a material witness warrant for the victim in the case. Mm-hmm. Now, you can understand why prosecutors don't want to do that in a family dynamic, uh, especially in a case where it didn't seem like there was, uh, from the 911 call that we heard, it doesn't seem like there was like a really uh, serious battery that, ha- that happened there, right? Right. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I do agree that it should have been looked into a little bit more because he is the public official. Thomas, can it it be looked into, Thomas? I mean, can they go back now and say, boy, uh, these mistakes might have been made? Is that even possible now? Can they go back and look at this? Well, yeah, they can. Uh, They can't go back and do anything about the conviction process. They can go back and look at the case, and that's what every prosecutor is always thinking about whenever they're disposing of any case, is later on down the road, if something happens with this same defendant, are they going to come back and look at the case that I was prosecuting at the time and why I did what I did? Right. And it's just amazing that this didn't get reported up the chain to government officials. Uh, they could have done something about maybe removing him from office. Thomas, that's my biggest criticism here, what you just said. I'm not saying he would have never committed this murder uh, with Jeff. That, uh, but, but what I am saying is maybe if he no, loses wait, power— you know what? what you said? Yeah. No, what you said— actually makes a lot of sense. Right. You understand. Because, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, what, because he was still in office, because he was having news reports published about him that he thought was tarnishing his reputation and getting t- basically taking his job away from him as a public official, uh, that was really the motive in the case right. uh, for, for, the, for committing the murder. So I think you're right. If they would have looked into it before, seen that he had a drinking problem, seen – and not, and not only here, but, uh, you know, I, I looked it up. He has a ton of traffic violations that got negotiated down to illegal parkings, including a hit-and-run on a parked car, which is, look, we'll, we'll speculate, but obviously, you know, when you see that, it's somebody who's DUI out on the road mm-hmm. who has a drinking problem and left the scene after they hit a parked car. And, you know, yeah, somebody should have been looking into these things more. Now, as a battery domestic violence case goes for misdemeanors, this what – this case with his wife was an iffy proof case because even on the phone, she didn't even really say that she was hit by him, right? Right. So it, it wasn't like the greatest domestic violence case. But like I said with Marshawn Lynch, and I, I'm saying now, when you are a public figure, sometimes things need to be handled with a little bit more uh, scrutiny when you're handling the case. I agree with you. To. Yeah, I, I, I agree, and I think uh, the point I, – I, I think you understand the point I was trying to make was that maybe if they did their due diligence – when I say they, I mean a lot of people, whether it be government officials. I think it's important to note, though, that governor uh, – now governor, Steve Sisolak, put this guy into office before this domestic violence dispute happened. I do think it's important to note that, but with that being said – when all this stuff is going on and all these traffic citations, and, and you mentioned it's probably a little bit more than that, uh, and, and when this happens with this 911 call with his wife and all this stuff is going on, he, 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 somebody had to step in and say, this guy can't be in power anymore. And that should go for anybody. It doesn't matter what position you have. It could be the mayor all the way down to an assemblyman or assemblywoman. The, government officials need to do a better job, Period. And well, it, it's something like this. It goes, hey, we're not going to initiate the proceedings to publicly um, remove you from office, but, you know, you kind of need to resign or else yeah. we will go that route. Right. And that happens all the time, even yeah. in private industry, right? Yeah. So 
Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I, I, I had not heard that 911 call, so I just wanted to call in and kind of uh, give you my take on I, it. I appreciate that, Thomas. We'll see you Tuesday, and I know we'll talk more yep. about this. Uh, Thomas Moskal, the former uh, DA here of Las Vegas, uh, thank you for calling in, Thomas. We appreciate you, and we will see you uh, on Tuesday. Listen, Thomas is right, right? There's a lot of uh, domestic violence cases where maybe the evidence isn't completely sufficient or maybe the witnesses – Maybe the spouse doesn't want to testify. I understand your husband or wife, if, if a domestic violence dispute happens, I understand that there are situations where somebody might take something too far. You call 911 and then all of a sudden you don't want to get your husband in trouble. Too late. You already called 911. We can tell in your voice, May, how scared you were, and rightfully so. I don't blame you for being scared. Your, your, your husband is not only a murderer right now, but back then, before he murdered somebody, back then, he clearly was deranged, a drunk. Who knows what else he had in his system? You had a right to be scared. I can't even imagine the suffering that your kids had to go through. When you decide, And we don't know if this is true or not, but if you decided not to testify against your husband... You certainly decided to stick with him and live in the same house with him, which was an awful decision on your part as a mother. And again, she's not a murderer, folks. She didn't commit a murder. I'm not trying. She didn't even commit a crime. I'm just saying from a standpoint of a mother, she made a horrendous decision staying with this man, and she put her kids in harm's way and in jeopardy. And thank God he didn't hurt them more physically or her. I'm, I'm thankful for that at least, but... Folks, I understand in, in rape cases and domestic violence cases, the victim doesn't always come forward. I understand all that. We're not talking about that here. She called 911. So I don't want to hear, oh, well, she didn't want to come forward and maybe she was scared to come forward and this and that. She's the one who picked up the phone and called 911. So I'm not going to hear that here. All I'm saying is if she was a little bit more aggressive in getting her husband behind bars, if government officials were maybe a little bit more aggressive and they did their job in stripping this guy of his public duties, I'm going to say maybe, just maybe, Jeff Herber's still alive today. Maybe. And that maybe is enough for me to be critical. It could be his wife. It could be government officials when something like this happens and a guy has a record like this and then his wife calls 911 because he allegedly assaults her and he's drunk off his ass. People like that can't remain in power, period. I don't care what political affiliation you're in, Democrat or Republican. That is not the story here. Government officials let us down. Government officials let the city down. They let Jeff down because he's dead now. Yes, I understand that if any of these government officials that didn't do anything, if they thought he was capable of murder, they probably would have done something. But when somebody's capable of domestic violence, that should be enough to say, maybe you shouldn't be in power anymore. And that's why this gets me so angry, because Jeff should still be alive today. Those kids didn't have to see that. They didn't have to see it. And it's disgusting. It is disgusting. 
All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, speaking of disgusting, what these Republican governors are doing, like like containers, they're shipping human beings to other cities and other states to, for, for kind of like a, a political ploy, political gamesmanship, whatever you want to call it. Ron DeSantis just uh, sent 50 people from Florida to Martha's Vineyard, and now Republicans are saying, oh, the elitists on Martha's Vineyard, they don't care about these illegal immigrants. Well, to the contrary, I'm going to give you some facts, and we'll talk about that when we come back. Dr. Stephen Fry going to be joining us in studio as well. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You are listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Friday. So glad that you can join us. Before we get into some serious conversation, man, what a crazy weekend, fun weekend this is going to be, uh, at least for me. i got to brag a little bit here. Uh, UNLV football game, which is which is going to be fun. That's a good start to the weekend. And then uh, checking out the Canelo Alvarez fight tonight. Or tomorrow, I should say, versus Triple G. Those are two Hall of Famers in the ring. And then Sunday, of course, Raiders game against the Arizona Cardinals. So Dr. Stephen Fry is joining me in studio again. You heard him on Wednesday, and he's joining me in studio today. And we're going to talk about this. um, I consider this immigration story that I'm going to bring to you now a perfect example of Republicans versus Democrats, the differences in the way they treat people, in this case, undocumented people in this country. I usually don't like to use the term illegal immigrants, but sadly, it is true. People that come into this country illegally are illegal immigrants. I'm, I don't I don't think there's any, really anything wrong with that. But we knew Greg Abbott, right? Abbott sh- uh, shipped out, like, like there were containers, shipped out a bunch of illegals to another state, to New York. And I, I called that despicable when it happened. And now Ron DeSantis is doing the same thing. Let me explain to you what he did. Uh, Ron DeSantis... And I'm going to use the term shipped out because they're treating human beings like they're shipments, like like it's a UPS shipment. It's so disgusting. He sent 50 immigrants to Martha's Vineyard in two planes sent by DeSantis to this island community. And he did it as a political ploy. That's the only reason why he did it. And when... You listen to the narrative from the right. They'll tell you all these elitists at Martha's Vineyard, they don't care about illegal immigrants. All these people on the right are lying because I'll tell you exactly what these people at Martha's Vineyard did because I have the facts here, not right-wing nonsense. Oh, elitists, liberal elitists on Martha's Vineyard, they don't care about illegals. No, that's not what happened. Guess what happened when these 50 illegals arrived at Martha's Vineyard that Ron DeSantis shipped out like they were like it was food or like it was a delivery. I'll tell you what these people did. The good people at Martha's Vineyard came together and helped these people. They gave them food, they gave them clothes, they received shelter. And by the way, another lie from the right, oh, they shipped them out of there because they didn't want them there. No, the reason why they put them to another facility in Massachusetts It's because they didn't have the resources to house them there. So they brought them to a facility where they would get food, drink, and a place to sleep with their families. Because that's what decent people do. And what what, what bad people do 
is use human beings as political ploys. As Dr. Stephen Fry joins us in studio right now, I wanted to give background on, I on what... I appreciate yeah, that, yeah. and I'm from Boston, mm-hmm. and Martha's Vineyard is the summer vacation equivalent to Beverly Hills or Marin mm-hmm. County. That's where the fancy folks go, and they leave on Labor Day. Right. It's now two weeks after Labor Day. Restaurants are closed. Hotels are closed. Probably you can get an Airbnb here and there. But not only did these people welcome them with open arms and church and give them clothes and food, when they left, they gave everyone a cell phone and a credit card with $50 on it for incidentals. Mm-hmm. These are my Massachusetts liberals. Thank yeah. God we have them. They we showed take compassion. Care of compassion, love. They, yes. When they left... The immigrants gave all the locals a big round of applause. They put them on a ferry boat to go back to Cape Cod, and they'll, they'll then be sent by bus, I assume, to Boston, and they will take superb care of these people. They will be uh, housed and clothed and fed and respected and gone, given the, the legal resources that they need to go through the process. And we have such a critical shortage of workers now. I heard on the TV yesterday, on either CNN or MSNBC, that... People are now encouraging industry leaders and farm leaders and union leaders to encourage opening up the border to legal immigrants because we are so short of workers in this country. There are help-wanted signs every place. I went to a shop this morning in the Fantastic to buy an embroidered hat, and I bought there before, and it's always available next day, two days the most. She says, well, I can't get it fixed for 10 to 12 days because I only have two people working. I got three empty positions. So I said, well, that's because of a lack of, of, of immigrants. She says, no, it's because all these people are still on unemployment. I says, I can tell you, Republican, because pa- pandemic unemployment ended a year and a half mm-hmm. ago. It's long gone. But we just don't have the people. Mm-hmm. I knew she was a Republican right away <laughs> because it's the old Republican line. Oh, the unemployment. People don't want to work. Mm-hmm. No. We are at full employment at three and a half percent. But, Doc, let's talk about the word dehumanization for Absolutely. a moment. So, Doc, let's think about this for a moment. We know that there are issues at the border. This isn't Joe Biden's no problem. This is an American problem. Exactly. We know it's been going on for decades, right? When I use the term dehumanization, right, Ron DeSantis and Governor Abhol, as I like to call him, <laughs> um, what they have done, and by the way, DeSantis spent $14 million of taxpayer money for this political ploy, because that's all it was. When you decide to ship human beings, because that's really what they're doing, right? They're not sending them somewhere because they think they're going to be treated better. No. They're not sending them somewhere because they care. They're sending them somewhere as just a political pawn. So what they've done is they've put them on buses and planes to areas to say, hey, take them. It's your problem. We don't want to deal with them. And the whole that is- thing backfired when they chose to send them to Hyannis and uh, Martha's Vineyard, where they take care of it. They don't even know homelessness there. There's not a single homeless person on right. Martha's Vineyard. And by the way, but the reason why... people. And the reason why... And by the way, they spent a night there. Yes. They didn't just say, no, get lost. No, no, or no. They cleaned they, them up, They took them, care of them, clothes, which gave is, them phones, which gave I them money. Apl- which I applaud Absolutely. those people. These are... And by the way, the overwhelm... And I get so angry when Trump dehumanization of, 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 of undocumented people in this country. They're rapists. They're bad people. And I suppose some of them are good people. Most of these people coming to this country are decent people that want a better life for themselves. Like your grandparents and mine and, and right. hip chucks. Right. Now, like do that. we have an issue? Do we have a problem? Absolutely. Yes. Do I want everybody coming into this country legally? Yes. Let's get Republicans and Democrats to sit no, down. Let's come up with solutions. It's going to happen next session if the if the senator t- Senate goes to the Democrats. Yes. We will absolutely fix it. Fix it. It's the obstructionistic. Trump yeah. didn't fix it when he had the House and the Senate. He let yeah. it ride. They don't want to fix it. We will fix it. 
in January, February, if we take over the Senate and keep the House. Democrats want to fix it. They recognize we need people to go to work. They are in favor of legal immigration, and it will happen, I predict, with the blue wave, which I also predict will happen in November. So, Doc, I have an acquaintance, somebody that I know who's been on this show before. I won't say his name. He goes on Facebook today, and he's very partisan. Mm -hmm. He goes on Facebook today. He's a Republican. Mm Mm-hmm. And he makes the claim, all oh, all you elitist liberals in Martha's Vineyard, you don't want them now. And then I posted on Facebook and I said, you have no idea what you're talking about. More right-wing misinformation. There's the- no jobs for them. There's no training. There's no appropriate resources for them on Martha's Vineyard. Martha's Vineyard doesn't have a, a Department of Child Welfare. Martha's Vineyard doesn't have any of that. It's a little small island executive exclusive uh, summer resort that people take the ferry boat for the day or they go and stay a few days or if you happen to be like obama you've got a fabulous house there there's no there's no provisions there to take care of these people but i asked you this. excellent care of them for one night Correct. and then made appropriate appropriate, right. appropriate transition to the boston area where they will have every service they need and more by the way yeah. i heard there's also one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in a special account that's come in for these 50 people right. how about that and the 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 right wing propaganda nonsense, which is basically, oh well, you know these liberals they don't really care about immigrants either. Uh, it, it's to the contrary. Did did Governor Abhol or Governor Death Santis did they provide all these people with food and clothing and shelters? Did they put him? Did they give them fifty dollar cards? Did they did they put him in an air put them in an area where they would be clean and, and have shelter? No, they decided to use them as political pawns. I'll open up the phone lines 702-221-7283. and again the number if you want to be a part of the conversation. Am, are we wrong here? Governor Death Santis did this as a political pawn and a ploy. And, and, and treated these people like they were some sort of packages. Uh, again, the number, if you want to be a part of the conversation, 702-221-7283. Do we have a problem at the border? Absolutely. Absolutely. Does it need to be addressed? Yeah, we've had. Yes. it's been for decades and decades. But if you want to tell me that the people in Martha's Vineyard didn't care and they didn't do anything, it was the opposite of that. It backfired on it, you. You're wrong. It was a, the biggest backfire. This may even cost, and I hope it does, DeSantis the election. Because Charlie Chris, the former governor, who has now turned Democratic, is a very reasonable man. He would never in a million years do this. And I hope this contributes to DeSantis's loss and Charlie Chris's win. And by by the way, it was fascinating to me that they have so few Spanish-speaking people on the island that the high school students that were studying Spanish were the translators to help these people get the services yeah. they need and, and communicate yeah. with the others on the island. Everybody pitched in what they could. Yeah. It was so heartwarming. Yeah. I, I got teary just watching yeah. it. And by the way, Fox News does this despicable story yesterday, right? Uh-huh. Let me give you an example. There were a couple undocumented people in this country and this Fox News reporter who's a scumbag Mm -hmm. is interviewing these people. Many of them barely speak English. And you had one soundbite where the guy goes, were you able to, are the borders open? Are you able to cross the border? Border was open. Now this guy barely speaks English and they take this one soundbite from this one guy that says border was open and they use it on Fox News as you see, I told you so, the borders are wide open. These are such despicable, dishonest people at Fox News and they use these clips. By the way, the borders are not wide open. That is a lie. 
Now, are there a lot of people crossing the border illegally? Sure. But that doesn't mean that the borders are wide open and Joe Biden's administration are, hey, just come right on in here illegally. That is not what is going on. Again, that's another lie from the right. Where were all those people during the Donald Trump administration when kids were being separated from their families in cages? Where were all these Republicans then? But I didn't hear Democrats say this is just a Republican problem. I didn't hear that Trump was criticized for the kids in the cages separated from their families, rightfully so. But I didn't hear one prominent Democrat say, oh, you see, this is the the illegal immigration issue. It's all on Republicans. I didn't hear one Democrat say that. But we hear all these people on the far right today that are saying this is only a Joe Biden problem. It is so dishonest. It is such a lie. I am sick of it. And I feel horrible for these people that are being shipped around like containers, Doc. Well, in the case of the people that landed, in Martha's Vineyard, their life will never be the same again. They yeah. will be welcomed. They will be provided services. They will get legal services. Uh, and whatever is meant to be will be. If they're meant to uh, transition into citizens, they will. Yep. If, they're, if they're here totally illegally, they will be de- deported. But they will be treated with respect and dignity yes. as fellow human beings and as the same immigrants that our grandparents and great-grandparents I hope so. Are. Number oh, to no, call? No question. Yeah. They will be. I, I hope so. 702 702- Two two one seven two eight three. The number to call. Let's go to Herb. Herb, you're next on pushing limits. What's up, Herb? Uh, uh, Brian, I haven't talked to you for a long time. How you but doing? Are you aware? Are you aware of how many? Your phone. Uh, your phone cut out there. Say that again for me, Herb. Uh, are you aware of how many illegals come over the border every day? Uh, I don't have the exact number in front of me. I know it's an extremely large number. It's approximately 8,000 across the southern border. Sure. I, I don't and, doubt that. And here's, here's the other thing. The Biden administration was flying immigrants, illegal immigrants, across the country to northern New York at night in the middle of the night and dropping them off, did it, did it secretly. And they had been doing that for months. And nobody said a thing. Okay, so, so why did they do that, Herb? Why do you think they, they were did that? Trans- they were transporting illegals because they didn't have any room for them in Texas and Arizona. They were transporting illegals mm-hmm. across the country in flights where and you, dropping where, them off at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. Where did you get this information here? Because I watch news that all day long. That was on the news. They, in fact, it was a tip to Fox News. They went to the airport and, and filmed them coming off the jet. Well, if, 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 the, if that's the case. get your facts together. Okay, hold, hold on. Hold on a second, Herb, about your comment about we have to get, quote, our facts together. Exactly right. What have I said? Hold on, hold on. What have I said on this show that is not true? It's not a matter you haven't said anything. You just said, hold on, Herb, Herb, Herb. You never do. Herb, Herb, take a deep breath. Herb, when you make a claim that I don't have my facts right, to any person with an IQ over 20, that would mean I'm saying something that is not true. So now I'm Are going, hold on, hold on, Herb, you got, Herb, I listen to you. Now you're going to listen to me because I'm going to ask you a question, okay? What have I said on this show? I'm asking you now for the second time. Or Dr. Stephen Fry. What have we said that is not factually accurate? Brian. Don't Brian me. Answer the question. Brian, what have I Brian, said? Don't tell me not to Brian. Then you're don't off the show. You then you're off the show. If you're, I, I'm sorry, sir. When you say that I have to get... Sir. Okay, so first of all, get rid of him. Get rid of him. When you say you have to get your facts right to me and Dr. Fry, I would assume you're talking about both of us. 
That is an insinuation that we're saying something that is not factually accurate. Fair assumption? So I ask you a very fair question. What did we say that was not factually accurate? You brian me because you can't answer the question. In regards to your little story, allegedly, by the way, I don't know if that's true or not, that Fox News got some sort of tit from some sort of buffoon like you that calls Fox News, hey, all these illegals, Biden did it in the middle of the night. I want facts. Speaking of facts, where is that factually documented that Joe Biden and his administration were flying people to New York in the middle of the night? Just because someone sets a, sends a tip to Fox News doesn't mean it's true. It's ridiculous, doctor. I agree. Let's take the next call. <laughs> 702. 702. Let's get your facts right. Okay, what did I say that was wrong? 702. Sounds like a Trumper, doctor. Brian. <laughs> Sounds like a Trumper. 702. 221. By the way, this is probably the same buffoon who thinks Donald Trump won the election in 2020. 702 221 7283. Again, the number 221 7283 if you want to join the show. Uh, let's go to John. John, what's going on, man? Hey, man. I, uh, I just finished crying about 10 minutes ago after that Aces game, but uh, I'll try to pull it together here. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, Look, man, it's real simple. Uh, if you watch, I can't watch. I can't watch Fox for more than five minutes. Their whole shtick is to foment hate and fear. That's it. That's Thank what's you. behind every segment of every show. Thank it's you. How can we foment hate and fear? And that clown jerk, whatever that guy, Herb, whatever his clown face name is. I mean, he just he just bites at hook, line, and sinker. Look, there's something called Brandolini's Law, right? And it basically says that it's exponentially more difficult to disprove a falsehood than it is to just put the falsehood out in, into the ether. And that's all they do. And they get us, they get you on the defensive. And we should never be on the defensive. We should be on the aggressive all the time. Yeah. Because if you're on the defensive. The Republicans are trained to just push forward and, 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 yeah. and stomp on your neck. So, By the way, John, yeah. I want to add something else real quickly, if I may. Let's just say, hypothetically speaking, which, by the way, I have no idea whether that's true or not. probably isn't that Joe Biden and his administration were shipping, eight, I don't know, a bunch of people to New York. But let's just say for a moment that's true. Can it be possible that Biden's administration were sending people to an area where they would be able to be taken care of and, and get help and get shelter? What yes. is wrong with that? That's perfect. That's what immigration is for, is yeah. to put the people where the workers are needed, where they can get jobs, <laughs> where they can get housing. You don't want to send them to overcrowded oh, And San by the Francisco way, what's worse? Doctor, what's worse? And I'll ask this to John, too. What's worse? If, hypothetically, Biden and his administration sent some illegal immigrants and flew them to an area in New York where they can actually get health care and a place to live, or Ron Death Santis sending people to Martha's Vineyard using it as some political stunt. What do you, what's worse, John? Look, look DeSantis, he's a, he's, a, he's a WWE wrestler. He's just macho man. He's just out to make the most outrageous headlines he can every single day. But the, this is the main point of this whole segment. Democrats want immigration reform. What the hell? Are you? It's like it's like they put us in this, they back us into this corner where you just want open borders and you want the country to run amok and go crazy. That's hogwash, man. That's total bullcrap. I agree. We want John. we want comprehensive immigration reform. Yes, you're it's right. very easy to do. All you have to do is that look, they come here for jobs. You just have to enforce the E-Verify. And you start showing up at these jobs with uh, in law enforcement, and let me make sure you documented that this person has a green card or is a, is a legal resident. And we really and need, need workers now. There is not a block in the, the city. Rules. There's a 
$10,000 fine, the immigration problem will go away tomorrow. But That's exactly business right. doesn't want that to happen. And we need farm we need workers. To- we, need, we need fast food workers. We need construction workers. We need workers all over the country, and they're waiting to come in, and all we have to do is set up a reasonable legal process. And that will end the problem. We can't do it as long as we have Republicans in control of the House or the Senate or the White House because they're obstructionistic. I I would add one other twist. Please. Big business doesn't want it because they don't want to be held accountable for hiring an illegal uh, immigrant. But they want legals now. They all want legals. Yeah, but they don't want they don't want to have they don't want any responsibility of having to enforce whether or not the person they hire is legal or not. That's they true. don't want any responsibility. That's correct. They need they, they, the people need to be documented by it's the yeah. government's responsibility to document the legality and send them yeah. with appropriate papers to 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 companies and farms, etc. It's not the employee's job. I agree with you completely. John, I appreciate the call, my friend. Uh, thank you for calling and and good luck to your Las Vegas Aces on Sunday. I hope they get We're it. We're all done. rooting for uh, them. Yeah. Yes, we are. I'm a nervous wreck, man. I'm a nervous. <laughs> John, I think they're going to get it done on Sunday. Smoke a little pot; it'll calm you right down. The pot doc here giving you the old medical advice. Enjoy. You'll enjoy idea, the actually. game more. You'll enjoy the munchies, yeah. and you'll have the. And we'll, we'll wish them good luck. Just don't smoke at the game if you're going. That, sound, that sounds like a good idea. Thank you for the call, John. Look, uh, it's pretty simple here, and Herb is a perfect example. The la- uh, caller before that I am talking about here. He's so upset that eight thousand. Illegal immigrants are coming into this country every day. Now, look, there are issues. There's no question. We've got a a big drug issue here, a fentanyl issue. There's no question about that. Drugs going over the border, that's an issue. There's no question about it. In a perfect world, we'd like everybody coming into this country legally. But this is the same person who has absolutely no problem with governors using these undocumented people as shipments as boxes of, of shipment. That's basically what they're treating them He's like. got no problem with ex-presidents yeah, stealing okay. records and storing them in Mar-a-Lago yeah. where everybody can have that. He's got no problem with anything. I mean, it just, it's just mesmerizing to me. Listen, I've met many of these people that come to this country illegally. Yes. Many of the people that I've spoken to are good people. Absolutely. Some of whom have been living in this country for a very long time. Would mm-hmm. I like them to pay taxes? Yes. Do I think if you're an illegal, you should be allowed to have a bank account? No. Do I think if you're illegal, you should be allowed to have a driver's license? No. No. So me and uh, even though Dr. Fry is a proud liberal, he agrees with me that, listen, let's not get crazy here. I don't think giving somebody a $50 gift card is crazy. No. Gives them immediate money if they're in an emergency. They have to have a sandwich and yes. Uh, yes. Uh, get a water. Yes. Yes. I don't have a problem with that. I do believe that sometimes it goes a little bit too far. Sometimes Democrats go a little bit too far. And I say to that that I'd rather have the Democrats go a little bit too far in helping poor people eat mm. and sleep and get an education than giving another $50 billion to Exxon and Shell. Mm. So we're never going to get anything perfect, mm. and I'll go with extra support for the poor if I need to versus extra support and tax breaks for billionaires that don't pay tax. And even Warren Buffett said his secretary paid more tax than he did. So nothing's perfect. I'm happy. Happy to have us give a little extra to the poor people. Doctor, obviously I don't disagree with that. Thank uh, you. But I think um, we do have a, the argument I hear from, from reasonable people. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, we want to take care of these people. Yes. But look at the homeless problem. Look at all the issues we already have agree. in this country. I agree. You know? I agree. Right? Yes. 
Yes. I mean, there's a we have a big right. homeless problem in this country. We do. We've got people living under, a lot of thousands of people living yes. under tunnels right here in Las Vegas. Absolutely. All right, it's so here's terrific. what I want to do. I want to ask you about this when we come back, because you've been in the medical field for a very, very long time. Right. We have a lot of people in Las Vegas and across the country that are homeless. Yes. When we come back, I want to ask you, what do you think needs to be done? We're not going to change everything overnight. And I have a solution. I'm right, so good. glad you're going to ask Good. So I'm wanna, so glad you're going to ask Because this is me. a huge issue it in is. this country. It is. Uh, and it's getting, it's terrible. It's Skid Row in California, and it's horrible. I agree. Here. All right, so we'll ask you that next. We'll open up the phone lines again if you want to join us, 702-221-7283. Again, that number, 702-221-7203. We are going to try, at least, to tackle the homeless problem in this country. Listen, this relates to illegal immigration, too. I mean, a lot of people make the argument, and they're right. we got a homeless problem in this country. We'll talk about about that next. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You are listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super. Hero, that is. Because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Look, it's impossible for the average person to find a great attorney out there. There's so much misinformation. Now, let me introduce you to former Chief Deputy District Attorney Thomas Moskal. He was Las Vegas's top DUI prosecutor for years and prosecuted the most high-profile DUI cases in Clark County. No one knows more about DUI law in Nevada. Just Google it. If you get charged with DUI, whether it's a misdemeanor or even more importantly, a felony, you need Thomas Moskal representing you. His relationships with the prosecutors and judges and his knowledge of DUI law to work for you. So give him a call now or text him at 702-848-5555. It's your life and liberty that's at stake. Don't wait. Call now. That number again, 702-848-5555. I want to tell you guys about one of my favorite doctors in the Valley, Dr. K. She's a board-certified internal medicine physician. She's been in practice for over 20 years, went to Yale. She believes in treating body and mind as a whole by achieving harmony and balance. She offers hormone replacement, Botox, skin rejuvenation, even snoring treatment, because we know how that can be annoying from time to time. Also, plasma treatments and so much more with cutting-edge technology. Please give her a call. 702-410-5779. You could also give her an email at cosmeticaesthetics.lv at gmail.com. Again, that number, 702-410-5779. Call Dr. K. Tell them I sent you, and I promise you won't be disappointed. Hey, everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment, and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement, and cancer screening. 
They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices. Office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York-style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super. Hero, that is. Because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. All right, welcome back. Welcome back to uh, Pushing the Limits here on a Friday. I, I, Brian, you got to get your fracks right, man. Brian. <laughs> you got to get your fracks Excuse right. me, sir, what have I said that's not right? Brian. Brian. <laughs> it's the way you spell your name. Oh, man. Some of these callers. Anyway, welcome back to the show. We got Dr. Stephen Fry in studio. I want to tell you guys quickly about an uh, awesome place that I've gone to to get the testosterone therapy. Sahara West Urgent Primary Care, located at 6125 West Sahara Avenue. No appointment needed, by the way. You can give them a call, 702-248-0554. copay if you don't have insurance, but they take most insurances there, and I promise you, you'll be happy. I love it there. I know Dr. Fry stopped by. Doc, I know they yes, treated you well. facility, yep. yes. I'm proud to recommend them, absolutely. Awesome. Thank I appreciate that. Sahara West Urgent and Primary Care. Please check them out. All right, so, Doc, we were talking about... Uh, the homeless Ron, problem. We, yeah, but we were before that we were talking about Ron Death Santis, as yes, I call him, yes. and how he 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 used these people uh, in into a uh, political ploy, basically, and using human beings uh, to make some sort of ridiculous political point. And it backfired on Republicans, even though they won't admit it, because the right. good people at Martha's Vineyard uh, took care of these people, and it, 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 yes. it was really nice to see uh, uh, treating them like actual human beings, which they are. Perfect. Which clearly many of these Republicans refuse to do. Yes. Now we have a huge issue in this country when it comes to the homeless, and a lot of people. Will say, well, listen. If we're going to take care of these illegals, we need to take care of our own first. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. So, I've known some people. In fact, I'm going to give you a quick story, Doc, and, and tell me what you think about this. Actually, a friend of mine who works at Sahara Urgent Care saw a homeless person and said, "I need to go into your facility. I, I need help." He took him. Uh, guy got some medical help that he needed, not mentally disturbed or drug addiction, which okay. a lot of homeless people have. Correct. And he got the medical help that he needed. He was having aches and pains. He's homeless. You know, he's having issues. Now the guy's doing great. Yes. A couple months later, he's, yes. he's an artist and he's yes. talented and he's, he was able to turn his life around. Many of these people yes. do need, they need help. So Some of me, them won't get So it. let me answer the question that yep. you asked me. What do we do with these people? Yeah. Two answers. First of all, in Salt Lake City, Utah, a predominantly Mormon Republican city, they decided to do a, an analysis because homeless people spend tons of taxpayer dollars in and out of jail and in and out of hospital emergency rooms. So what they decided to do was put them all up in a specially designed apartment building to give them a place to live and shower and eat and cook. And what they found was they saved tons of money. It was much cheaper for them to pay the rent and the TV and the electricity than it was to pay to put these people in and out of, out of jail. And they get elected. They can steal a loaf of bread 
just to get just to get in jail in a cold night or a hot night to have a place to sleep. Mm-hmm. They know how to get into jail, right? You know, they 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 walk out of the the Seven Eleven with the, with with the six pack of beer up high so you can see they're stealing, so they get elected. Right. I, I've worked in two different jails: the the Henderson City Jail and the Nevada Northern Nevada Correctional Prison in Carson City. So these people know how to get in to jail easily. So what they discovered was when they gave these people a place to live, I can't remember percentage, but maybe it was about a half after six months actually got jobs and moved out. Mm-hmm. The other six still had to stay, but it was still saving the government money because they weren't paying for the hospital bills constantly. They weren't paying for the judges and the parole officers and the jailers and everything else to put them in jail. So treating them humanely, and I want to give credit to the Republicans this one, they were the ones that came up with this. It's Salt Lake City, Utah. That's solution number one. Provide them with a place to stay. Give them a social worker. Let them go to the free clinic to get the health. And those that are able will rehabilitate. Those that won't are treated humanely and cheaper than by leaving them on the street. That's solution number one. Solution number two, when I used to live in Northern California, in the Martinez Canal between Sacramento and uh, I think it's probably between Sacramento and and Santa Cruz in the river they must have 50 or more huge old ships it's 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 the navy storage yard for ships that are no longer seaworthy and battle worthy yep. why don't we just take those ships tow them to every port city and set them up as homeless shelters and rehab centers for the homeless. The cost is next to nothing. We already got the ship. Every ship has a clinic. Every ship has uh, cafeterias. Every ship has plenty of bunk beds and, and toilets and showers. Let's Instead of those ships sitting there and rusting and rotting, let's take those ships and move those to port cities from Seattle, Washington to San Diego to, to Galveston, Texas, New Orleans, and the East Coast. Just tow them with towboats. You don't even have to fix the engines. But, Doc, let me interject yes. and ask you this. Yes. I think a big problem is mm-hmm. a lot of these people who are homeless, a good mm-hmm. portion of them, do not want help. They're mentally ill. They have substance abuse we don't know the. I don't know, I don't know too many that if offered a place to stay on a ship that was clean and three meals a day or offered an apartment to share with two or three other people as they did in Salt Lake, I don't. Th- there may be a few that just can't get along with anybody and they need to be on the street and, they, and that goes back a hundred years we've always had mentally ill uh that that just don't want to do a lot anything. of these people have substance abuse uh, issues no, no question but again what, what 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 they proved in salt lake city is that if you give them a place to live and give them treatment and give them resources not all are going to get better but everybody's going to die no matter what we do we're all going to die but the program works it's humane it's cost effective Cost, it's going to cost less money to put these people in an apartment and give them food and give them resources, resources than it is to recycle them over and over again through the jails and the hospitals and the courts. Right. That costs far more money, and we get nothing for it. It's very difficult. You know, Doc, I used to go to um, Cashman Field for yes. the uh, 51s games back uh-huh. in the day. Yeah, I did too. And, I, and mm-hmm. I would drive down there at times. And yep. It's tough to watch because you see all these people when you're driving around that area that yes. are living in tents, some families. Yes. It's really hard to drive yes. past that. Absolutely. And it breaks my heart to see I people living completely. under yeah. those conditions, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. And obviously, you know, we talk about immigration. It's a problem that needs to be 
yeah. needs to be help, uh, you know we need, we need to do something yes. about it when it comes to the homeless i don't think we're doing enough if anybody has ideas th- in addition to my two ideas of what we can do to help the homeless rather than just complain give us a call please 702-221-7283 we're looking for good ideas on what to do to help the homeless and improve our society i i don't believe we're doing enough i agree and uh, i i've i've read and i've i've watched videos of these uh these, I guess you could call them uh, people living under the ground. People, yes. people living mm-hmm. in these uh, in these tunnels mm-hmm. under the ground. It's like a whole new world under there. And then yes. when there's a storm or something, I yep. mean, people are drowning yep. under there. Yeah, no it's, question, it's, it's catastrophic. It's very, it's yes. very sad. It's very yeah. scary. And you know, and and I don't have the easy answer here. The other idea that I have is. There's a city called Goldfield. As you drive from here to Reno, between Beatty and Tonopah, mm-hmm. it's an old, deserted town with houses and hotels and restaurants. It's essentially empty. There's not even an open gas station. Why don't we take some of these immigrants, set them up in Goldfield, give them the paint and the and the wood and the nails to get it, let the unions help them, train them to work. Let, if there was a Venezuelan community in, in Goldfield and I could go spend the night and eat a Venezuelan meal a couple of times a day and talk to the people, I would love to do. It's an empty city that's sitting there. It's got a freeway right through it, and there's nothing there. There's an old hotel that's abandoned. They could live there. They could rehab it while they're living there. It's a perfect chance for Nevada to do something for immigrants. An entire empty seal. If you've never been to Goldfield, Google it. Or even better, if you're driving from here to Reno or Reno back to Vegas, drive through. There's no place to stop and eat or get gas. It's a ghost town. But it's it's intact. Obviously, it needs a lot of rehabilitation, but there's houses and businesses and a main street and everything right there. on The freeway goes right through the center of town, and it's an empty ghost town that could eat. It's not like a ghost town with nothing but dirt and, and old old mine shacks. It's a ghost town that used to house thousands of people during the gold rush and the silver rush. It could be rehabilitated. So that's a third idea yeah. that would be beneficial to help with the immigration problem. You know, I've heard some people, uh, and I've talked to Mayor Oscar Goodman about this, and he mm-hmm. had an idea of taking an entire area, an hour outside of Las Vegas, yes. and turning it into a, a homeless shelter, well, a this hospital. Is, this is three out, three hours yeah. outside, yeah. but it's the exact same principle. Yeah. But it's all, the buildings are there, the roads are there, the streets are there, everything yeah. is there, just as to be opened up and fixed mm-hmm. up and painted and put the electricity back, and we're good. Yeah, 702-221-7283 is the number to call. Let's go to Fernando. Hi, Fernando. What's going on? Hey guys, um, yeah. Um, first off, um, the Aces. If if there's a game five, it'll be played at the MGM Grand, not at the uh, Ultra Arena. Why is that? There's, some, there's something else going on, I guess that day. Oh, I did not know that. That's news yeah, to me. So it'll be interesting. A, so hopefully, hopefully they'll win Sunday and close. By the way, that's not a that's not a good thing for the Aces, Fernando. I know because it's a neutral yeah. site and yeah. different baskets and everything. And got to get it done on Sunday. Got to get it done on yeah, Sunday. Yep. Got to get done. Yeah. Um, on the homeless issue, I guess it, it began in 1870s in New York City, and you know, fast forward today, um, you know, Texas, Florida, and California have the highest homeless youth um, issue, and yep. um, for solutions, um, I, I, I don't know. There's a lot of there's some programs out there, but we need more programs and maybe set up some, I don't know, tent cities or some like or old um, warehouses or something. And um, we got to do something because it's, it's getting more out of control. But uh, anyways, um, ha- have a good weekend and uh, hope you break some secret codes this weekend. Appreciate appreciate <laughs> the call. Go Aces. Go, go Aces. Thanks, Thanks, Fernando. Appreciate Take that. Take Thanks care. for the call. Take care. Um, Take care. Secret codes. 
Am I missing something? I don't know. I want to take a minute to talk about the railroad strike and give Joe Biden another pat on the back. Mm -hmm. This was an amazing accomplishment that he was intimately involved with. And the Republicans, you know, they're against unions. They're against all of this stuff. Good old Joe is a railroad man. He took it every single day back and forth from uh, his house to the Capitol when he was a senator. You can't do that anymore when you're a vice president or a president. You've got to be in in an armed vehicle. But I want to thank him for solving this problem it's helped the economy it's moved uh I'm, I'm a big believer in unions countries with the highest penetration of unions like germany have the best economies people think oh no no if you you know if you raise the prices and you raise the minimum wage we're going to lose people no 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 yeah. it just put, it gives people more money to spend they can get their kids a pair of shoes maybe give them a piano lesson yeah. uh unions are fabulous i'm a big union supporter mm-hmm. and uh, joe biden deserves a hip hip on this one Sure. Amen. I want to get your thoughts on a, another national story that uh, I talked about in the first segment. Um, as you know, the National Basketball Association is predominantly, players are predominantly black, right? Yes, correct. And you have the owner, I don't know if you saw this story, Doc, but the owner of the Phoenix Suns, who was just suspended one year and fined $10 million, he's worth about $800 million. The reason why is because he has used the N-word openly. He has said misogynistic comments. Uh, this has been going on for years. The NBA- is he one of Trump's best friends? <laughs> he very well might be. Sounds, yeah, <laughs> they I must know. play golf together. Yeah, sounds like I'm describing uh, <laughs> some of the alt-right Republicans. No, but LeBron James and some of the most prominent black athletes in the NBA are very upset. Rightfully not, so. Rightfully uh, so. Agree. But not just because of the conduct and behavior, which is despicable. We all could agree on that. It's the fact that the NBA, you remember the Donald Sterling story of the L.A. Clippers where the owner of the L.A. Clippers, Donald Sterling, uh, was banned from the NBA. This was like six, seven years ago for, for, for racist remarks. Well, Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, has only decided to uh, suspend this guy for one year. Okay. And a lot of players like LeBron James are say it's not enough. I actually agree with LeBron James. Yes. I think if you use the N-word Correct. Uh, in any way, shape, or form, yes. especially if you're white and the owner of an NBA yes. team, you should be out of the league for good. Well, I'm a believer in rehabilitation and giving people a second chance, and a year is a good beginning. We can always add more. Adam Silva's a highly respected administrator. You don't hear very many critical comments about him. He's, he's cautious. He's thoughtful. Uh, I, I wouldn't argue if he'd given him a five-year or a ten-year, but I think the one year gives him time to rethink maybe change his position. Uh, I have over the years seen people change position on many, many things. I believe in change as a psychiatrist. So I'm not that upset with it. A year is a long time. He can either get better or he will will be bounced out. But here is – I hear what you're saying. Yeah. But – there's a but. Yeah. If you're a black player playing for the Phoenix Suns – Yes. How can you show up to work? I don't care how much money they're getting paid. Right. How can you show up to work every day yes. knowing who your boss is? Well, I find that to be very problematic. It's not a problem because these players make millions of years, and if they want to go someplace else or take a year off, they can't. They are not indentured slaves that they have to stay there and play for this guy. Understood. Uh, and I'm sure that with this happening, that would be a legal grounds for them to alter their contract. So they're staying there because they still love the fans. They still love everybody else. Uh, believe me, I have worked for a few idiots in my day. 
they weren't necessarily racist. When yeah. I was in the army, right. when when I was in the army special forces at Fort Devens, uh, I was the the only doc there in the in the special forces clinic, and my boss was a colonel in the military side who knew nothing about medicine, but liked to tell me how to run my clinic. So I served my two years, and they wanted me to give. They were going to give me a residency in San Francisco in psychiatry, which is the top in the country, and they yeah. were going to do whatever I wanted. I'd had it with this guy. I had it with the war. I didn't want to go to Vietnam or any other wars. So I know what it's like to work for idiots as bosses, and you put up with it or you leave. That's your choice. But Doc, Everybody has a choice. But there is a difference, obviously, between having a bad boss that you dislike and then having someone that makes racist, misogynistic. And is there any NBA player that cannot afford to take a year off or go someplace else? No. Here's they what have I... the option. I hear what you're saying. The guys, I don't approve in any way, shape, or fashion of any racist comments, but the people that are staying, there are. he's only one guy. I have no idea how many people are on the yeah. administrative side of a basketball team. It's got to be at least 50 coaches and assistant mm-hmm. coaches and front office people and ticket sales people and ushers and everything else and referees. So if they're staying, there's a bunch enough good stuff that they can tolerate. And my guess is very few of them have direct contact with the owner anyway. Their contact is yeah. with the coaches. The owner just deposits the paychecks and goes from a— Okay, you might disagree with me, though, but yeah. I have a solution. Here's what I think okay. the players should do yes. and the coaches. Don't show up to training camp. Force him to resign and sell the team. If they don't show up to training camp, yeah, you can make the argument they're breach of contract. Yeah. But if they don't show up to training camp, they don't have a team. If they don't have a team, the team's not making money. He will resign if they don't show up. That's another alternative. I think they can just be patient for a year and see what happens and not disappoint the fans and take a year off and everything else. I don't think that it justifies ending the season for a team just because the owner is a racist. It will get resolved. They did that with me. Donald Sterling with the Clippers. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I think we are living in an era. It can't be tolerated. That behavior can't be tolerated. And I think money speaks. And I think the reason why the commissioner decided uh, to give him one year is because money talks, man. Yes. If you're living, if you if you have a regular everyday job and you're slurring the N-word around and you're making massage, you're going to be fired. You're going to lose your job. Yes, and I understand we're in a circumstance where somebody is worth a lot of yes. money, and there's yes. a lot of money to be I, made. Yes, yes. But I, I believe he should sell the team and, uh, and it be may, done with it. Uh, we can talk a year from now and see what happens. There will be a satisfactory resolution. The Adam Silver is not going to let this go on indefinitely. He is highly respected. Uh, one of the things you learn as an administrator, and I was a mental health director for four years, I had 130 employees and a $6.5 million yeah. budget, is not everything gets resolved in an hour sure. or a week or a month. Some things take longer to resolve, and I think that the issue will get resolved. It doesn't have to get resolved this week. Doc, I'm just going to ask you a very generic question. Sure. How is it that we are living... In 2022, and there are so many people still in this society that treat people differently because of their gender, because of their sexuality, and because of the color of their skin. How is it possible that there are still so many people, way too many, one is too many, that treat people differently because of that? Because they're Republicans. They're racist, misogynist, uh Cookies. Not all Republicans are. Uh, no, like I, I, but, but we've got the MAGAs. All the MAGAs the are that MAGAs, way. Sure. All right, but the MAGAs, sure. That Ma- I'm okay with. We're, we're talking 25 or 30% here. We're not yeah. talking 2 or 3%. Understood. Yeah. And we got Donald Trump now threatening that if he is charged, that the country is going to be, there's going to be a violent. Uh, 
resolution just like there was on January 6th. And I want to convert the conversation now over to judges for the last few minutes and away from basketball. We've resolved that as much as we're going to resolve it today. Donald Trump nominated eight totally unqualified judges by the American Bar Association that were approved by his Republican Senate. Eight totally unqualified. And now we have this Judge Cannon who has issued uh, totally pro-Trump, totally delaying uh, tactics that indicate that not only did Donald Trump corrupt the executive branch, he's corrupted the judicial branch as well and the legislative branch because of all of the senators and Republicans that refused to uh, vote for his uh, impeachment and also refused to vote for Joe Biden's correct election. Eighty-six judges said that Donald Trump did not have a case to make that he won the election. Eighty-six, that's Democrats, Republicans, independents. Not one supported him, and yet he's still out there, and the MAGA idiots are still saying he won the election and everything is terrible. He is, without a doubt, the worst president in the history of the United States, and he, he was, before the January 6th election, he was two from the bottom. Mm-hmm. And after that, there's no doubt. I've, I haven't heard historians talk about this, and I wish they would. Yeah. Unequivocally, Donald Trump is now the worst president because of not only his failure with, with COVID, but his failure with uh, the legislature. He didn't do anything legislatively except a big tax cut, which, which dramatically increased our deficit debt. That's what the Republicans do. They give tax bucks. They keep telling us that those tax breaks are going to provide us with, with jobs and increased uh, uh, security. They don't. They the, the companies don't use it for that. They buy back their own stock. And we the amount of damage that Donald Trump has done to every branch of the United States government will not be fully known for many more years. It's unbelievable. The books keep coming out every month. There's another book about the catastrophe. It's interesting. You have all these Donald Trump books that keep coming out, and Revelations, mm-hmm. they call it. Yes. There was a book that came out the other day that claims that uh, Melania Trump, when COVID uh, happened, that Melania was very concerned that her husband uh, was not going to handle COVID properly. It's interesting because Melania Trump is the same person, shows you how complicit and what a complete moron she is, that during uh, the January 6th, insurrection melania trump was taking pictures of new rugs that were being put in at the white house she claimed she was doing that all day and she had no idea what was going on on january 6th by the way she cared more about building tennis courts uh than anything else that was happening uh during donald trump's tenure uh i'm sick of hearing about melania trump in my opinion she is just despicable as him the number to call 221-7283 let's go to lauren hi lauren thanks for calling in what's on your mind um yeah i was just uh i uh Dr. Fry, I, I, I always, I mean, I can understand being proud of what party you belong to, um, but I, I don't understand um, making comments about people being racist. Oh, do you think that the MAGA rumpas are not racist? Uh, well, what, what do you consider a MAGA? I consider a MAGA people that still think that still people that still think that Trump won the election. People that still think that uh, 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 immigrants are uh, are all criminals and and uh, illegals have no right to be here. And even those that that have passports and everything else don't have a right to be here. Uh, the MAGAs just lie about everything left and right. They they they. Uh, well, tell me what you think is right. I want to hear your side on this. Okay. Well, uh, okay. First off, 
I am a Republican. Okay. I have eight children. Okay. Um, do you believe that? I, do you believe that Trump won the election? Uh, no. Okay. I mean, it was I like that. Okay. Because okay. Of, of the way, of the, but I'll explain. Okay. The way That's that the fine. If, if you believe, if you okay. believe he didn't, do you believe that women have I a have, right to choose? I have two minutes, so go ahead, Lauren. I don't want to cut you off, but I go got ahead. two minutes. Okay. Oh, okay. Do I believe what? Do you believe women have the right to choose, or are you, are you a pro-lifer? Yes, I, I, I am. I am pro-life, but I do not feel that it's my place to put my, my. Uh, my beliefs on someone else. That's between them and their God. And I, you know, so I respect you. You are one of, you are not a MAGA Republican. You are a reasonable Republican. And we need really reasonable Republicans. We need a two-party system in this country. But we can't put up with the never-ending lies and the stealing the documents okay. and everything else. We have to okay. have law-abiding okay. citizens. And you sound to me like you are one, and I respect that. Okay. I also held, held a top-secret clearance in the military. Say that Just again, like please. You did. Military. Oh yes. I, I also. Are yeah, you a veteran? I was drafted. Yes, and, I am. I was drafted th- in 1972. I thank you for your service. And, my, and my, I used to work for my, the VA in the South uh, Southwest Clinic out there. I am a veteran myself, and I work for the VA. And I thank Lauren, you very much for your service, Lauren. I don't mean yeah. to, I don't mean to cut you off, but here's what I, I want. You, I don't Lauren, want. You, here's, I here's what I want you to do, Lauren, because I appreciate it when you call in. I do. I want you to call back next week, and I want to have a conversation with you uh, more about MAGA compared to who you are, because I think it's an important conversation, a very important distinction. Sound fair? And I'd love you to do it on Friday yeah, when that, I'm here, Lauren. sounds fair. Thank and, you. And on top of that, my children are black. Oh, I understand oh, that. Fabulous. I understand that. But And Lauren, I do appreciate the call, but also very important to note, nobody's called you a MAGA. As the doctor said, you sound like a very reasonable guy. And we need more of that. Uh, that's I'll, be, not, I'll be glad to take you out for a coffee or a beer. Clearly put, Joe Biden, when he talked about MAGA Republicans, he was not talking about the Lawrence of the world. And exactly. I think, I think people need to understand that. Doesn't mean we, we have to agree on everything. We can disagree on things. But I uh, appreciate the call, Lauren. Appreciate the calls today. Go uh, Aces and have a good weekend, everybody. Yeah, man, we have a really... Uh, Interesting and, 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 and fun weekend of sports in Las Vegas. And it certainly starts with UNLV football on Saturday. And then we've got the Canelo Alvarez fight uh, versus Triple G, which is Saturday night that I will be attending. And then I'll be going to the Raiders game on Sunday. They're playing Arizona. This is a huge game for the Raiders. By the way, not that it's not a big game for Arizona either. They don't have their top receiver, but this is a big game for Arizona too because they didn't look good last week either. We're going to learn a lot about the Raiders, I think, on Sunday. I really do. And let's not forget about the Las Vegas Aces on Sunday, too, Game 4. All right, I'll give you my prediction. I thought it was going to be a close game. I thought the Aces would probably edge it out yesterday. I think the Aces win on Sunday. I think it's over, and I think what's all said and done on Sunday, on Monday, we're going to be talking about the Las Vegas Aces winning the WNBA championship. I appreciate Thomas Moskal calling in. Also, Dr. Fry, appreciate you being here. We'll have Chris Wynn in studio on Monday, and uh, also... Robert Tellis, his ex-wife's going to be joining us on the line next week, so that should be interesting. Hope everybody has a fantastic weekend. Everybody be safe.